Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of The Painting Pictures Podcast. I'm coming to you from Vermont, and I have no excuse to make this podcast, other than it's one more thing I can do uh, before I paint. So it's an excuse. This podcast has no excuse other than the fact that it is an excuse for me not to paint, which it's not like I, I mind painting. It's just um, I have to f- put it all the way at the end of a bunch of other things that are slightly less taxing because to paint, you got to get the box out. You got to scrape off the old paint. You got to squeeze out the tubes of the new paint. It's such a phenomenal pain in the ass. So I'd rather do this, um, get on here and, and, you know, I, I, I haven't made a podcast in a while. So heaven knows heavens, heavens to Betsy knows Betsy up in heaven knows that she's my sweet little honey. No, (laughs) no, she isn't. I don't even, I don't know anybody named Betsy. Um, thanks for tuning in. I don't know what you're up to, but I am, uh, I am not working. That's right. I quit my job. Uh, I had, I had a steady job. I had a steady paycheck and I had just reached the point where I'd sort of paid off bills and sort of, uh, gotten to a point of being, you know, back in black um, and I was about to vault over, you know, that, that magical, uh, line in your bank account that you, uh, you know, of $2,000. Um, and I decided, um, this is a little too steady. This is a little too stable. Uh, I think I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> now seems like a good time. Now's a good time. Um, I just, I'm just at that point, I'm about to reach that point that I think maybe a lot of people are familiar with, which is like, you aren't worried about money at all because you have a steady job and it's like, it's not the greatest job in the world, but it's steady job. And so you just kind of do it and keep doing it. Um, I was almost there, um, or maybe I just gotten there and I thought, well, let's, that's enough of that. Let's throw myself back into the void. Shall I? Shall I? Yes, I did. I shelled. Decided to. Um, the, the, the fundamental reason, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but my employer um, lived under a bus. And um, I threw him there. I, I, the bus came by and I thought, you might like it under there. And I tossed him under, and and he stayed under there, and he couldn't write paychecks anymore, um, couldn't be an employer anymore, and just said, I'm not coming out, staying under this bus, I like it, I like the smell of oil, uh, I like the having these big tires all around me, uh, I like being seated cross-legged, hunched over, or lying on my stomach or on my back, um, good luck, so long, <laughs> So that was that. Um, no, it just wasn't a good situation. It wasn't a good situation, and it was it was good. I learned a lot, guys. I learned I learned a great deal. Isn't that isn't that what life's all about? 
It's not about making money. It's about learning, right? Learning who you are, you know, what you're made of, right? Isn't that what life's about? Well, I certainly got to do some of that. Got to do plenty of that. Reached a point where uh, I just I just couldn't quite do it anymore. I couldn't quite get in there and and do it. And um, so I decided I decided to stop doing it. And that's where we are. That's where we are. We're in the void. We've been here before. We all know what this is like. And of course, we're scared. You know, scared about where's the money going to come from. But the beautiful thing is, in this case, is I'm married and my wife has a job. So I really, I have nothing to worry about. She can take care of me. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful situation. And, um, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't the only reason that I got married. I'm not, you know, I won't say that's the main reason I got married. Um, but it's certainly a nice, you know, it's certainly a nice bonus. It's a nice bonus and it's, uh, you know, it's in the books. It's legally, you know, I I think she's legally required to, to, uh, provide and support for me. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the statutes are in Vermont, but, um, uh, what's the plan, Sam? The plan is to, uh, do my own thing. (laughs) Yeah. Do my own thing. Now I've already, I've already got some things in the works, there are some things coming down the pipeline. Honestly, um, there are. <laughs> I, I really do have prospects. I've got major prospects, and it feels it feels pretty fantastic um, not to be in a uh, just kind of a work situation where you never you never know what you're going to get. That's kind of what I was dealing with. It could be a good day, it could be a bad day, and it really had nothing to do with you uh, or the energy you brought in it was kind of like a a roll the dice every day Um, and so it feels good to be out of that and I'm excited about um, you know uh, prostituting myself I think that's probably the first thing that comes to mind right what services can I provide Um, you know what can I do with my hands that sort of a thing um, no, I'm going to make, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to get into it. You don't, you don't care. You'll find out, you'll find out, you'll check back in on the next one and I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be popping off with news of, of my adventures. Um, I did, I did make an estimate for somebody the other day, went out to their house. They needed some carpentry work done, uh, Pretended I was a professional carpenter, you know, put on my Carhartt shirt that's too big for me and put on my steel-toed boots so I look a little taller, um, you know, clip the tape measure on the belt. And who the, who the fuck knows that <laughs> I'm not a professional carpenter? No, I am. I am a professional carpenter. There's just a lot of things that I've never done before, but that doesn't mean I can't figure them out. And the truth is most of these jackasses out there I mean, they're nothing special, really. They're nothing special. And, um, you know, there's the internet and YouTube. So you can you can basically, anybody with a couple of tools can be a carpenter. I need more tools. 
I need more tools. I, I mean, I, I really, I'm getting everything done at this point with a hand saw and a hand job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hand saw for the wood, hand job for the bud, for the good. Um, anyway, she bought the, you know, bought the professional carpenter thing. Um, at one point said, oh, you guys know code. <laughs> I, you guys know the code. Uh, I didn't say no, no. What's code? I don't know. I don't know. Is that code for something? Because <laughs> I don't know the code. No, I just sort of, you know, set my jaw, <clears throat> nodded, flipped my tape measure a couple times. Yeah. So you go out. This is how it works as a as a as a contractor. You go out to some jackass's house. <laughs> um, they need some things done. And they they want you to do it. That's the basics of it. They don't really know how it works, but they just want it done. They and they want it done cheaply. You know, they don't want you to spend a lot of time on it. Um, and then you're supposed to tell them. You're supposed to see, look into the future, and to tell them how long it's going to take. And using that clairvoyance you'll you multiply how long it's going to take by how many dollars an hour you want to make and you give them that number now say in this case they had like six different little projects so each one you've got to think about it you're like okay i got i get there i get out of my car i take a pee you know, you just got to go through step by step by step. I check my phone. I scratch my balls. I flip my tape measure a couple times. You know, just step by step by step of like how, everything you're going to do. I, I can walk up on the porch, wipe my shoes off, check my phone. Um, you know, go back to my car, get a snack measure something cut something oh just in case you were wondering what carpentry is it's measuring things cutting things and screwing things <laughs> that's it that's all it is you measure things you cut things and you screw things um so you just got to go through that with every little thing okay i get there i get out of the car i go up to the porch i put the thing up i measure it and i got to I get the piece of wood and then I like I cut it and then I put it up there and then I nail it in and then I do that like and that's going to take me I don't know like an hour but then you're like what I'm going to give her I'm going to give an estimate to this person for $20 that's what I'm that's what I'm billing for myself at this point which is which is dirt cheap it's dirt cheap $20 an hour for a professional carpenter but I figure at this point I'm not a professional carpenter. Well, I am. I am. I have. I had insurance. I had insurance up until very recently, so that basically counts. Uh, the IRS thinks I'm a professional carpenter because I file taxes as such. So, um, so yes, I'm a professional carpenter, and um, and twenty dollars is twenty dollars an hour is pretty cheap. You know, a lot of guys will charge more. Guys that have been carpenters for 30 years will charge $35 an hour, $40 an hour. But that's not me yet. You know, I got to be competitive. I'm still hungry. I'm still hungry. 
but right, so you're going to say uh, that's going to be $20. But like $20, then you got to drive out there. You might have to go to the hardware store and pick up wood. And it's going to take you more than an hour. So then you figure, okay, I'm going to say $50 because I don't want to drive out there for $20. I mean, I'm already out here doing this. This, I'm not getting paid for this. Essentially, there's a lot of legwork and hand jobs involved in giving people estimates. And you really got to break it down. And you got to be safe on your end because you, if you give them a low estimate and then it takes twice as long as you thought it was going to take, you're just going to be working for $10 an hour. You get it. You get it. But then, so then they, you give them the numbers and then they decide if they want to do it. It's, I mean, it's pretty simple. But then you got to get tools, you got to get things delivered. I don't know. We'll see, folks. I've got potentially a week of this lined up of these odd little little jobs for this person that's trying to sell their house. <sighs> we'll see how it goes. It's all. I mean, it's already been exhausting, and I haven't even started yet. But I got to figure it gets easier, and I got to figure it's nice to be my own boss. When I show up at the work site, I get to just determine how what order I want to do things, you know? Do I want to scratch my butt for five minutes first or do I want to check my phone first, you know? And at any point, at any time, I can do either of those things. And um, that feels good. It feels really good. So that's the that's the news for now. I'm, I'm also, you know, making furniture. You know, I'm enjoying that, making furniture. Um, I'm working on a, a special um, a special seat that scratches your butt for you. It's just got like a little ridge in it, and you can um, just scratch your butt. And then it and then it looks like you're just like adjusting yourself in the seat, because boy, is there anything more like obvious and disgusting? than somebody scratching their butthole through their pants. Like there's no mistaking what they're doing. As soon as there's like a little uh, like hunch happening so that, so that the angle, they change the angle of their butt a little bit, kind of like a little arch in their back to get up there. And like the curling of the arm, you know where they're going. You know where those fingers are going and they're scratching their butt. And it's just not a, it's not a very professional. It's not a professional look. So I may have to carry this chair around with me, you know, to the job site, set it up. Um, but it's super, it's going to be, it's going to be revolutionary, super convenient. Just sit down, uh, wiggle around a little bit, and it gives you that real satisfying butt scratch. Now, just as there is nothing more disgusting or unprofessional than somebody scratching their butt, there is nothing more satisfying than scratching your butt when you've got an itch there. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know why, you know, does that mean I'm gay? I don't know, but I love scratching my butt. It is so, it's just so deeply satisfying, so deeply satisfying. 
Um, anybody that's seen me do it will know this. See the look on my face. It's just pure bliss. Bliss and relief. Um, and so I, the idea is that with this chair, you can be doing that all the time. This is all coming around to tell you that I think I'm going to have to order some new underwear. Um, I don't know what keeps happening to my underwear. <laughs> okay. Anybody that has any information about my underwear and its whereabouts, please let me know. I'm talking about my black Land's End boxer briefs that I love so much. I, I don't know what keeps happening to them. It's not like there are other men living in this house. It's not like there are other people sharing our laundry machine. But darned if I can keep track of them. Um, I do need to organize my clothing. I'll probably find... See, what happens with me is I'm not a one-and-done person with my underwear. I'm not the type of person to wear underwear once and immediately throw it in the hamper. Sometimes I will, but I'll usually give it a, a, a quick smell test first. Just a quick, um, you know, you'll get a you'll get an idea right away. It'll it's pretty clear, laundry or no laundry, and you know, generally, if it's just a you know a light duty day's work, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that in the wa- wash. Heavens to Betsy, um, you know, I bet Betsy's not here to wash my clothes for me, so um, that's the he- you know. That's the thing. So uh, often then it goes in a box. I have this box and it's kind of great. It's like instead of just throwing things, you know, that you would normally just throw on your floor or on the bed, I throw them in a box. And then this box has, it's like the miscellaneous box and also pants. It's pants and work clothes and miscellaneous. Um, And it's sometimes I fold it and organize it. it. takes like probably seven minutes to do that and then it lasts for like two days and it and I can find things in it but then the rest of the time it's just kind of like a like a tumble dry it's like a tumble dry cycle where you just sort of because you got to dig deep and then you kind of roll you roll the clothes in this sort of tumbling fashion until the thing that you want comes up and then you grab it and so that's where I put the day old boxers so or the just single use that can be used again. Cause I'm not going to fold them and put them with the clean boxers. That's like very clearly fresh, clean boxers. That's where they go. And for whatever reason, no matter how often I do laundry, no matter how many pairs of boxers I have, there's usually no more than like three pairs of boxers in the clean pile. And that's on a good day. So I think I need to order more boxers. And I think that the boxers that I bought at Peebles, which is the name of a department store here in Vermont. That's right. Peebles. Power to the Peebles. Um, the underwear I bought at Peebles is breathable, but it has some kind. It's like some kind of polyester blend, and I think it's irritating my undercarriage. And I think this is why I've been scratching my gosh darn butt so much. Did you want to know that? I don't know. I mean, I haven't gotten any emails from people saying that. Um, that they were wondering why I scratched my butt so much, but you know, maybe you were just being nice. So I wanted to let you know so that you didn't have to go through the embarrassment of, um, you know, trying to put it nicely to me. Like why dude, why are you scratching your butt so much? Dude, why are you scratching your butt so much? It's because of the polyester blend 
underwear. Um, so yeah, so I gotta go. Get, I gotta get some more underwear. Uh, that's not like uh, not cheap. It's not cheap. It's probably forty dollars for three pairs of underwear. Forty dollars. That's two hours of scratching my butt at a job site. <laughs> um, but they do last a lifetime. They do last a lifetime. And boy, I, I I want to swaddle. I want to swaddle my whole self in non-toxic natural fibers. I really do. Just a um, just as a rule. I I don't want to be rubbing fucking chemicals all over myself. <laughs> I know some of you like chemical baths. Not me. Not me. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll take a bubble bath. All right. Well, that's um, that's what this is. There may be more to this podcast, uh, but there might not be. If you have any questions for me, you can send an email to gaberobertsart at gmail.com. Um, you know, want some advice? can think of me as dear abby send me your questions and i'll i'll give you your advice or i'll give you my advice <laughs> can't very well give you your advice <laughs> well i could you could tell me what you think you should do and then uh, i might give you your advice i might just say you're right charlie that's exactly what you should do you hit the nail on the head and that would be called what would it be called confirmation i'd be giving you confirmation wouldn't that be nice? Uh, but chances are I will uh, tell you uh, something else. You know, something fun, something involves dick pics, um, maybe a little bit of travel, maybe a little bit of international intrigue. Okay, uh, just want to just want to spice up your life any way I can. You know, just want to take that pepper grinder and grind away uh, like a, above your head. And let it let that spice fall on you, because you're getting stale, Charlie. You're getting stale. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I'll have a couple jokes for you after the break. I just read a book called. That part was true. It was pretty good. It's actually pretty well written. But there's another one of these... The thing about books and movies, they've always got these characters that have these careers that are just like... You know, nobody's a fucking accountant or, like, works at Peebles or, like like something normal, you know, not in anything, not in any novel that is remotely romantic or movie. Guys are architects and women are art art gallery directors. Uh, Or they're just rich. So this one has a character named Izzy who is, you guessed it, an art gallery director. And uh, she's, I don't know, she's like 23 or something. And she's had, according to the book, a quote-unquote meteoric career <laughs> as a gallery director. Uh, 
and um i just i just can't think of much of anything that's further out of touch with reality than the idea of somebody who's had a meteoric rise in uh career as an art gallery director uh i guess this is this is in the fantasy land where people buy lots of art okay uh, it's in the fantasy land where art galleries make a lot of money. And it's in the, the super fantasy land, the super duper fantasy land, where there's like uh, talent. There's talent involved. And this Izzy, she just has a fucking eye for art. Okay? She sees something hot and she knows it's going to be hot. And boy, is it hot. Uh, she she snaps it up, she gets it in the gallery, and the public just goes wild for it. Um, uh, I mean, I would like it to be true. I would really like it to be true. That part, I would like to be true. That there is, are like gallery directors out there looking for new stuff and looking for it with, with an eye, like a tasteful eye. Um, it just doesn't seem to work that way to me. It just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it does. Maybe it does, but you're going to ask me what I think is, what I think is, is actually happening in the art world. I haven't spoken about this in some time, um, nor have I visited the art world or, (laughs) uh, read about the art world. I, I basically just, uh, continue to be uh, pretty thoroughly turned off by it. And I just know that, like, people aren't making, very few people are making money selling art. And uh, the people that are are assholes. Uh, No, I, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling rant. I feel like I'm ranting again, and I don't want to rant. I just I just you know show me, show me a real person who's like sought after by galleries. Like there's all these galleries out there that are just oh they want this hot director because she has good taste or something. It just doesn't work that way. The galleries don't have money to pay their directors. Uh. I mean, they don't like headhunt. Uh, there's no headhunting for fucking art gallery directors. This isn't like a real thing. Everyone wants it to be a real thing. I would love it if it were a real thing, but it just isn't a real thing. There aren't. It, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you other than this character at 23 being sought after by art galleries is just such fucking bullshit. At 23, she's giving hand jobs to get a job sitting behind a desk at an art gallery for eight hours a day, looking pretty, making minimum wage. That's the real story. That's the real story. (laughs) That part was true. I got some M&Ms from Big Lots the other day. Uh, I shop at Big Lots pretty regularly. There's always something I need. 
There's always something that was manufactured in a factory in China out of brightly colored plastic that I need, that I've run out of or I need for our house. And I'm continually acquiring them. I like to go there about once a week. And there's always a couple things like there's staples like Triscuits for $2, box of Triscuits for $2. Um, pasta for a dollar, uh, jam. They used to have great organic extra virgin olive oil, but they don't anymore. They used to have five packs of gardening gloves, but they don't anymore. I feel like a bunch of other people have been following me to big lots and buying the things that I like to buy at big lots. And they're following me and they're buying all the good stuff. And now when I go to big lots, there isn't any good stuff left. It's all gone. But I always find something. I always find some shiny little plastic doodad made in China that I need. Like today I bought, and I've always wanted one of these, ever since I haven't had one, a a hand broom with a dustpan. Up to now we've been working with the single broom with a dustpan. So you have to bend down and use the broom like, like you're a giant that can wield a a stand-up broom with one hand and brush. And it works. Okay, we're getting by. But I, for instance, would like to use a hand broom in my car to brush things out, you know? A good little hand broom. So I bought one. Um, Some time ago, this is a couple weeks ago, I I bought some M&Ms. And what they had for peanut M&Ms, which are the best and my favorite and always will be, is uh, a bag full of fun size packs of M&Ms. And I thought, well, it's what Big Lots has, so it's cheaper than buying. Because like, if you're going to buy a, a large bag of M&Ms at a grocery store or something, it's going to cost you like $7 or something outrageous. So this was like a dollar or $2, and it had a number of packs of fun size packs of M&Ms. And what have I discovered since consuming all of those M&Ms is that the fun size is, uh, it's just a, it's very misleading. Um, Because my idea of fun, okay, my idea of fun is not being told that I have to stop eating peanut M&Ms after eight. There's eight peanut M&Ms eight peanut M&Ms in there. Now, there's a chance that if I had a large bag of M&Ms, I could, you know, I could eat eight M&Ms and feel relatively satisfied. But when I'm not given the option to have any more M&Ms where I eat my, and I know that I'm only going to get to eat eight, I just, I eat the eight and I want more and I'm not satisfied. I'm, there could be a dozen in there. It's, it's the fact that it's a limited quantity that really makes it not fun and it makes me want to open all of the packets of fun size and pour them into a bowl so that then I can decide when to stop eating my peanut M&Ms. So don't buy the fun size unless you like being, you know, treated like a little child and told when to stop eating and called fat.
Well, there you have it, folks. You've wasted a um, perfectly good half hour of your life listening to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. The website for the podcast is GabeRobertsArt.com. You can visit that and check out my art. And um, that's about it. You can donate to the podcast. There's a support link there. Um, Just in case you didn't realize it this is a free audio product you you (laughs) you don't pay anything for this um so if you like it please consider making a donation there's a secure paypal link or better yet check out the art page and and uh, pick out a piece of art for your house and uh send me an email send me two dick pics and your favorite your selection piece of art you want I'll give you a price. I'll work in $20 an hour for scratching my butt and making a frame. I make I make beautiful frames. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks, people always tell me I make great frames. And it's true. I do. I make some really nice frames. I'll make you a frame. I'll include two of my own dick pics, package it all up, send it to you promptly, um, and it's great. You can support my po- support the podcast, enrich your life with a beautiful piece of art. Um, alternately, you can do nothing at all, and that's great. Um, you can also, thirdly, uh, is there another alter? Is there something that comes after alternately? Alternately, you can uh rate and review the podcast on itunes go to itunes i don't know no one knows exactly how it works but you poke around a little bit go to the podcast painting pictures on itunes do some things figure it out you can give us a five-star rating and leave a review and i guess i don't know supposedly one day that will um, mean something but what means the most to me folks what means the most to me? Um, <laughs> wouldn't you like to know? That's what you'll uh, next time on painting pictures. What means the most to me? Okay, until next time. Adios.